Hello and welcome to the Life in General podcast. My name is Nick. I'm Ian. That's a very muffled sounding Ian. I oh, you I sound, shouldn't you, be you talking sound, you sound better that time. You sound better that time. Um, okay. So yeah, because of everything that's going on, we're going to try to, uh, since everyone seems to be getting ill, and uh, actually yes. I, I read today or I saw today on the news that the CDC is actually recommending that uh, everyone wear masks in public. So in public, yeah. So we uh, we're attempting to do some uh, social dis- distancing ourselves, and uh, Ian's sitting remote on his, recording. Yeah, Ian's sitting on his ass at home, and uh, so we're gonna try to record a, a podcast this way. What are you doing? Well, I'm like I'm sitting on my ass in my office. How about that? Well, your home office. <laughs> I'm sitting at, at at my desk. It's as much of an office as yours is. Uh, well, you know what? I can still harass you, Ian, even if you're not here in person. Fine. So, yeah, hopefully this sounds all right. Uh, so we'll probably record like this for the, uh, at least for the, uh, near future. Yeah, and it might be a work in progress. It's going to yeah. either sound ultra shitty or mildly shitty hey, you or know what? okay. This is the way I it's not going to be up to our normal standards. Is basically what I'm saying. I uh, it, it can't sound any worse than our first couple of episodes of the show. I mean, that's that's true. This this is very true because those were those were some pretty bad episodes. But anyway, um, it's uh, how's your social? How's how's your your social distancing going at home? Oh well, it's fine. Other than where we work, we're yeah. we're considered essential so our work schedule hasn't changed really at all and, yeah you know i'm still when i go out to work i still have to stop and pick up stuff at the gas station or whatever and get gas because i'm still driving I, know, uh, i'm just trying to keep it to a very a very light high minimum just and when i go out i've got like disinfectant wipes in my car i wipe my hands down i wipe the steering wheel down i wipe all the products i bought down yeah just to be safe you know because you yeah, don't know it's, who's it's, touching it's, it's, actually i went to the gas station today and there was a mom in there with two kids, and the one girl was just like touching everything, like just like touching it. Like I don't know what she was doing; she was like slapping stuff. And I'm like, "That's not good." <laughs> <laughs> hey, little kid, you got Dorona. Yeah, well, and it's that kind of, but it's that kind of behavior that spreads yeah. this, this that inability, first of all, to to govern your children, which bothers me anyway, because you know there's no reason she should have been doing that in the first place. But also, it's that. Not not paying attention to what you're doing, to what your children are doing, what yeah. they're touching, what they're, you know, for all she knows, the last five people who were in there had it and touched those things. Now that little girl's going to touch it, touch her face, and then she's a carrier. Even if she doesn't get it, she's now a carrier. You know? Yeah, very true. And that's you know, I, I think people just have to be smart about about what they're doing. You know, it's uh, like you said, I got I don't have wipes in my car, but I've got hand sanitizer in my car. And I keep a little bottle of hand sanitizer with me at all times. Whenever I'm out and I touch something, I clean my hands off then. You know, I whenever I touch doors, um, you know, I open up packages outside and leave the packaging outside. And um, just just try to be smart about what's going on and what you're touching. And um, I'm seeing a lot more people with gloves on in public, which drives me crazy. I watched, because I, I, I had to do some running around today because I was trying to, I, I was trying to find some so a, a way to do a better job recording this show. So I went around like four different stores this morning trying to find different sound equipment. And uh, I stopped at uh, Target and because I was going to go inside and see if they had some kind of adapters. Because I went to Best Buy first and, of course, they don't have – I'm not able to go in their store and actually look around. It's all curbside orders and things like that. Um, so I went to – target which is right down the road and i'm sitting there and i'm watching this guy he gets out of his car and he puts his his, his gloves on and then he just he, he closes his car door and then he walks over and he's just like i don't know he like touches a cart and he's like wheeling around with the cart and i'm thinking to myself you know yeah buddy you got your gloves on so your hands are clean inside so you're touching this cart now you're touching products inside the the store so your your gloves are contaminated. So how are you going to get this stuff back to your car without contaminating your keys, contaminating your gloves? I mean your your products, everything. You know, it's just 
I don't know. I think people just have to be smart about it and just kind of keep cleaning your hands all the time. And there's no, there's no shortcut around it. Right. My mom actually saw a lady driving with a mask on and gloves on I saw while lady, she was driving. I saw I'm a lady thinking, in the Burger King parking in the, I, I stopped and grabbed Burger, uh, Burger King on my way home today. And uh, there was a lady behind me in line. She had a face mask on in her car. I mean, it's okay. Look, if you want to be paranoid and wear one in the store, that's fine. But in your car, you're only around yourself. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Even when I'm like outside, outside, like if there's nobody around me at work, cause we're required to wear them at work. Yeah. When I get outside, like I take it right off. Cause I, like, I can't breathe. I just want to get some fresh air. And it's, you know, there's nobody around me. I'm yeah. taking it off cause it's fresh air. As soon as I get fresh out of the air, emergency department, I take mine off. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I keep it on the hot well, yeah. inside the hospital. Not while I'm outside. No, it's... Uh, I may start wearing one. I might start one just to have for like, going to stores and stuff. Yeah, I've got one in my car, but I probably won't wear it. You know, because it's... I don't know. You're, are you able to get infected by someone you're walking by in the store? Sure. But it's, it's if very... you're coughing and sneezing. And, yes, yeah. exactly. It's, that's the thing, is if you're... If the person that is sick and is coughing and sneezing and whatever is wearing a mask, your your likelihood of being affected is, you know, almost nothing. Right. If they're properly protecting themselves, which, you know, look, I, I can tell you as someone that works triage and has worked triage quite a bit in the emergency department last two weeks, I almost routinely have to instruct people on how to properly wear a freaking mask on their face. You know, and that's the thing that drives me crazy is you're walking around. If it's just covering your mouth, it's not doing anything. Right. It's got to cover your mouth and your nose and be tight against your face. You know, I just, I don't know. Just be smart about it, people. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But But uh, we weren't really going to talk about this all show. No, no, I did want to talk about some of it though, because I mean, it's, I, it's because I'm still surprised at the amount of people I see out, because I, I, I hate just sitting in the house all day long. I'm sure a lot of other people do, you know. But there's not, I don't know. So I've been getting in my car and just driving. Or like today, I just drove to Ann Arbor just to get out of the house, and uh, the amount of people I see at like stores and stuff is just still, still kind of mind-boggling to me. Even when I drove through Best Buy's parking lot, there was probably 15 cars. You know, people are just sitting out there waiting for their orders, but I don't know. I, I wonder if we're going to get to the point where it's pretty much everything is going to be curbside shopping. Probably have to be because, I mean, short of that, it's next thing would be just shutting everything down, like literally being 100% closed. Yeah, which I can't really do because I mean people still need to eat, but you know, let's face it, our our government took drag their drug their feet so bad on this to begin with that I mean at this point it's almost inevitable that it's going to get almost to that point. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, I'm just surprised at the you know quote uh, quote unquote uh, essential businesses that are still open. Uh, like I said, I went to Best Buy today. Is Best Buy really an essential business? Well, apparently it was. You went there. <laughs> yeah, essential because I needed some 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 cords to hook hook up my mixer. But uh, well, the idea is is that if, if people are doing or going there, what's it's you can't just say, well, it's open, so I'm going to go. If people are still going, they're they're and they're kind of feeding it. They're for enforcing. Or you know, feeding the yeah. the keeping those things those things I, open. Well, the only reason I went is because I looked online and I was like, "Oh shit, Best Buy's open." So I was like, oh, "I'm gonna try there, I guess." I drove out there and was like, "Eh, I'm not doing this because that's a. It's really not saving. It's not making it any safer for the customer. Yes, it is making it safer for the employee, uh, which I guess is also a concern. But you know, they could be infected in the store." And bringing that shit out to your car and infecting you in your car, you know. Right. Yeah, I saw a news report on today, and it was this um, guy. He's basically 
doing curbside groceries. Yeah. Um, at wholesale, so I mean, it's it's saving people money, but it's also, but he, it, I mean, he's all gowned up, but he's he's leaning into their cars to put this stuff in. Yeah. And I was like, I don't see how that's really saving it. It's not. It's not. Oh, it's not. You're still exposing. Yeah, getting exposed. There's still know? definitely a risk. Um, I don't know. Well, so I mean, it's this is our first episode of the month of April, which is typically our vinyl record episode. Um, I didn't think it was really tasteful to have a show about records and then talk about all the records and stuff that we've bought with so many people out of jobs and and with a really uncertain future. So I kind of. I, I, well, I'm not out of work, and I haven't bought any records. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the one I pre-ordered in January. You still haven't gotten that? I still haven't gotten it yet. And I, I was going to ask you about it after we're done recording. I'll go over all that because I, I went to the the website. I could, I don't know, how, I don't know how you were tracked. Yeah, because yeah, it, it, if you guys don't know Ian at all, he's really bad with the technology. So <laughs> it's if you go into the so Ian and I both pre-ordered a a uh, a limited edition Jethro Tull um Stormwatch album back in it was January wasn't it when you said it was January 18th yeah because I just looked at the receipts today so I got earliest for me I think you got it the day me had ordered it the day before or that day earlier yeah I think I've I think I got mine Monday or Tuesday this week um and Ian is yet to receive his but yeah Ian so they sent you yeah. an email from Royal Air or whatever it is whatever uh, shipping company they use in the UK and it's got your tracking I didn't number get that. I didn't get that email. I there only got an email from Burning Shed. There, yeah, there should have been two emails. One that you're telling you the order is shipped and the other one with the with the tracking information in it. I didn't get the tracking one. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you then. I, uh... Yeah. Well, I can always, I'll, I'll send Burning Shed an email and see what they can yeah, because it, it, I would assume that you would have already got it, or yeah, I would have assumed too. Because they oh. should have shipped it all at the same time, but I don't know. We Check I did bank statement too, make sure they uh, they charge me for it. Yeah, no shit. Oh, that would suck. That would really suck. What, if they didn't charge me for it. Yeah, because that means you don't have it on order. But well, right. but you you got an email confirmation, so they definitely got the order. Right. So yeah, if you're if you're tuning into the Life and Journal podcast, hoping to hear about records and things like that, yeah, we're not going to do that this this month. It's uh, hmm. it's kind of hard for me to sit on here and like at least talk about all the records I bought because I have bought some records in the past month or so. But we'll get all we'll get back to that when all this stuff breaks loose and we're everyone's in a better well, situation. I uh, I just went into my checking account. And- Somehow I got $240 deposited in my account. I don't know where it's from. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I don't know where it's from. Sweet. Free money. $240. Yeah, but I want to know where it came from. Sorry, sorry Ian, you made you make way too much money and that's all of your uh your Trump stimulus check is going to be. No, cuz that would have said IRS. Cuz my uh um income tax refund said IRS. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, is, that. this is really interesting to listen to Ian go over his bank statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. This is what happens when the world starts to fall apart. Yeah. And I'm complaining because I got $240. For yeah. Damn it, I got free 240 bucks in my account. What the hell? Huh. I mean, we do have a topic this week, but... Uh, yes, um, we do. I... I uh, just the whole social distancing and all that stuff. It's uh, I'm I'm hoping it's working. It's uh, I, I I see large groups of people that aren't exactly following what they're supposed to be doing, but and they're saying now this is going to socially distance until June. I think is what they said now. That'd or, probably be ideal. Yeah. May. I know we're starting to see more and more people at the hospital. It's definitely started picking up, and we've had we're having more and more COVID cases, but. It's definitely in Michigan. It's definitely still on a rise, and just everyone stay safe out there and do what you're supposed to do and wash your hands. Absolutely. How about we get to a topic, Ian? Sure. Why not? So, 
I don't even remember what the there the, we had a whole different topic for this episode that we were going to talk about, and uh, I was prepping for record store day. Oh, that's so. right, that's right. We were going to do our record store day episode because that was actually coming up here later this month, here in a couple weeks, right? Eighteenth, I, I think. Mean, it was supposed to, but not anymore. Two weeks. No, it's in July, I think. June, June twentieth is what it is right now, and it might get pushed back again. I don't know if. If record day, if record store day gets pushed back again, I mean, I I don't know, I don't know if they're gonna. I guess they could push it to like September, but pushing it to September because they do a second record store day on Black Friday, right? So having it, you know, two and a half months apart, or almost three months apart, I guess they could do it, but I, I think it would probably really limit what they would do on uh, on Black Friday Record Store Day. It would. It would definitely limit it, I think. Um, I don't know, because, I mean, if, even if this stuff kind of calms down by June or July or even August, it's it's unlikely we're going to have a vaccine for it by the And this is all just going to start up again. And then, you know, Black Friday shopping... Is the epitome of antisocial disorders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, there was I did I was reading an article this morning that the uh, University of Pittsburgh um, is working on a is working on a vaccine that they are going to start doing human testing here. I think they said the next month or two. So. Hopefully by this fall, or at least by this time next year, there'll be a vaccine. Obviously, it's not going to help anyone that's already infected. It'll only be for people that are not infected. Yes, Ian? (laughs) You cut out on me there for a second. Oh, I was talking about the vaccine that that they're working on in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I heard that up until part, you just, just like stopped. And then I was like waiting for it to kick back in, and then we're like, "Okay, where are you at?" <laughs> uh, we're working out the bugs here, people. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's it's actually so far the feed's been pretty good. Okay, at least it, as long as it's good on your end, it's been it's been very choppy on my end. Yeah, I wonder why yeah. that is. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe it's from everyone in my house, you know, streaming something. Possibly, yeah. I don't have that problem. My internet's pretty fast, but um, my internet's normally pretty fast. It's just like I said, we've got you know at this point, there's I guarantee all three of my kids are streaming something right now, whether it's video games or TV shows. I'm sure Mandy's probably watching something upstairs, also. Right? Yeah, I've tried to cut close everything that would be using bandwidth to on my ends. Yeah, oh, it's like I said, it's fine on my end. Um, so we're going to talk about the 27 club and for people that don't know or, or what it is or, or follow it's, um, it's for some reason, there's been a lot of people or a lot of musicians that have died at the age of 27. And actually there's been a couple of actors that have also died that I didn't really. Yeah. And I was going to mention that there's one I know for sure that did, and there's one that I, I'm not sure how old he was when he died. But Which one don't was- you know? Well, there's two actually. It's Brad Renfro and um, River Phoenix. Uh, I thought River Phoenix was older. Mm, I don't know. I mean, he was 93 when he died. I'm sorry. What was that? He, he died in 1993. So I don't know. I don't know how old he was. I could look. It up. I'm looking it up right now. R- R- River yeah. Phoenix was 23 years old. Okay. So yeah, I wasn't sure about him. But I think Brad Renfro was twenty-seven. Uh, Brad Renfro, Brad Renfro was twenty-five. So you are strike two on the on the twenty-seven <laughs> club list. Who was? Well, the just yeah, I might as well just fire me. Who was the other one you thought? It was just those two. Those oh uh, well, Heath Ledger was twenty-seven. Was he? I'm pretty sure. Hopefully, I'm not going three for three on this. Ian, you were 0 for 3. He was 28 years old. Well, whatever. <laughs> you fucking suck. You know that? 
There, the one actor. Why that, didn't you have me on the show? <laughs> the one actor that came to mind, like right off the bat, when I started going through this list, was uh, Jonathan Brandis. He was twenty-seven when he killed oh, okay. himself. He committed suicide. Yeah, and he, of course, he was in what it. He was in uh, Never Ending Story two. Those are like the two big movies I remember. Part two. From. Yeah, that's what I said. No, you keep ne- cutting out. I don't ne- know what you're saying. Never help. <laughs> it's, it's same as usual then, right? Yeah, but probably exactly. it was probably the bit one big movie I remember him from. The um, I guess the uh, what's that? He was on that show Sequest. Oh shit! I forgot all about that. Yeah, and he auditioned for the role of Anakin Skywalker in Episode Two. Maybe that's why he killed himself when he saw who actually got plays. No, the uh, I was reading something about it earlier. He. He had auditioned for a role in, in so in 2002, can you hear me? Yeah, okay. I can hear you. So in 2002 he auditioned for a part in the movie Hearts War, which he thought was really going to resurrect his acting career and they cut his part down to basically nothing. So yeah, I guess he started like heavily drinking after that. You still there, Ian? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, your screen went blank. Yeah, I was turning off my camera to see if it would help with the bandwidth. But oh, no. So yeah, after after they cut his part down, I guess he started heavily drinking after that, and uh, had made some comments to some friends that he had, was going to kill himself, and then he killed himself. Huh? Yeah kind of shitty though it's, it sucks but uh i guess so i guess the the whole 27 club really uh, it really started back with robert johnson who if you if no one knows who he is he was a, a great blues musician who died in 38 at the age of 27 um and supposedly sold the soul of the devil yeah what was the what was the story behind that do you remember i remember us talking about it before but well, I mean, he was always a guitar player, you know, just couldn't get any success, really. And, uh, you know, the, the old Crossroads story, you know, go you meet the devil at the Crossroads and you sell your soul for the fame and fortune that you desire, claim he did that. And um, he got fame and fortune, but his life was just miserable after that. Well, I don't know if he got fortune. As, I know he got fame, but. Well, right, right. Well, he was a uh, black man in the 1930s. There's no get fortune but yeah he got the fame and he got the women but he uh everything else just kind of went downhill from there yeah he died when he died in 27 though and he how many yeah he, only, he was murdered serves he was there was a bar fight or something i don't, I don't know, know. When, I, when i was down. looking him up doing research for it uh or at least when i was looking up things for the show it uh it lists his cause of death as unknown Okay. Um, he, uh, there's a really good documentary about him. On, it's not real long. It's, it's like 45 minutes or just under, or just around an hour. Yeah. Um, it's called Devil at the Crossroads. It's a really good documentary, kind of about him and his life. Yeah. So the, you, had, you had Robert Johnson at 38, and then he really didn't have, I mean, he had, if you go online, there's like a whole list of, you know, uh, a bunch of people that have died at the age of 27, but I don't know who most of these people are until you get to the late sixties. And then within a, within a two year to the day time span, you had five really huge musicians die. So in it, on July 3rd, 1969, you had Brian Jones, who's one of the founders of Rolling Stones. And then two months to the day, I'm sorry, a year and two months to the day, uh, Alan Wilson from can heat dies who was one of the founding members of that band. So he, Alan Wilson died in, in uh, September 3rd of 70. And then 15 days later, you have Jimi Hendrix die. After Jimi Hendrix, two and a half weeks later, Janis Joplin dies. And then on July 3rd, 71, Jim Morrison dies. So in, like I said, to the day, five year, two years to the day, you had all five of those people die. And that's where kind of the whole myth kind of started 
was it, and actually, you know, I really don't remember hearing anything in this about this really until after Kurt Cobain died. Right. Is when I think the whole but yeah, I mean, even after that, Pigpen, who's the one of the founding members of Grateful Dead, he dies in seventy three. Uh Dave Alexander was one of the founding members of the Stooges, he was their bass player, dies in seventy five. And then like I said, uh Kurt Cobain in ninety four. And, and then, then Amy Winehouse in 2000. Well, I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't gotten that, that no. yet. I, the, so the in, there, there's kind of an interesting thing about Kurt Cobain's death, which was, so his wife was obviously Courtney Love, lead singer of, and, and guitarist for Hole. The bass player for Hole at that time, her name was Kristen Pfeff. She actually committed suicide two months after Kurt Cobain died. I'm sorry. She didn't commit suicide. She died of a heroin overdose. That's right. Well, one could argue it's the same thing. But well, I, there's a lot of people that argue that Kurt Cobain didn't kill himself either. But right. Speaking, of, did you ever see that? The evidence to maybe consider looking at. And you know. you you were breaking up there, man. I said there's enough circumstantial evidence to potentially look into that yeah i wouldn't say that to prove it right but it definitely did make race yeah did you ever see uh was it uh the movie that steven van zandt did last days i think is what it was i never saw that one i watched the documentary there's a documentary at least it was and it was about it it followed the um private detective uh-huh. that courtney love um hired to I think I lost you, Ian. I can hear you still. No, oh. I don't know what happened there. My my Discord went real funky there for a second. <laughs> uh, so um, what were you saying though? The the what did the documentary? It was it, it followed the the private detective that she herself hired to to find him because he went missing. He checked himself out of rehab, went missing, and he it was just like a period of a week where he was really just on the case. But he, he kind of went over all the discrepancies based on what she was saying uh, compared to what was actually happening. Um, and then once he was found, all the weirdness about yeah. – he, he was – he said he was there. He was at the house looking for him. He didn't go up to the upstairs – to that uh, studio area where they found him. Uh-huh. But they uh, – uh, he was in the house. He was there when Kirk Cobain was dead. Oh wow! Before he had been found, because he the the timing because Kurt was out in the garage. He was like, yeah, he was in that like what? loft above the garage. Yeah, he was in the house searching for him with another friend, and it it's kind of implied that this person that he was that was kind of guiding him through the house may have been the one who killed him. Oh wow! It's uh, on Kurt that... Courtney's behalf, Courtney's behest. Yeah, because Kurt was going to divorce her. There was oh, no yeah. question. About yeah, there was that. no question about that. By the way, I'm a dumbass, and I said Stephen Van Zant. It was Gus Van Gus Van Zant. Gus Van. Zandt. I knew who you went. I knew who you meant. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't catch that she said Stephen because I knew Gus. Yeah, <laughs> like Stephen Van Zant, the guitar, the guitar player. What? But, right, uh, the East Street Band and the Soprano. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched Last Days, and what it is, it's basically Gus Van Zant's kind of what he thinks Kurt Cobain's last days were. Uh huh. And uh, so I have never seen it. Does he imply that there there was foul play as well, or does it? No, 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 no. I think the whole, almost the entire movie is is the guy that looks just like Kurt Cobain there by himself, and no, no, he he ends up killing himself at the end of the movie. But it's actually a pretty good movie. Interesting. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, I've I've wanted to watch it. I just never got around. Yes, I I watched it a couple years ago, but it's 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 definitely worth checking out. It's a pretty decent movie. Yeah. But uh, that, that came out like 2005 or four. 2005. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was a long time. Ago. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the uh, there's a rapper named Stretch. He was wasn't like hugely popular or famous, but uh, he died at 27 to 95. Like I said earlier, Jonathan Brandis killed himself in 2003. I'm sorry, Stretch died in 1995. I don't know. I, I think I said 2005, but. Yeah, Brandis killed himself in 2003. Amy Winehouse was, uh, that was 2011. Oh, wow. I thought it was earlier than that. No, it's uh, July 23rd, 2011. And 
the probably the most recent well-known person on the 27 list. Can you guess at who that might be? Mm, no. They died uh, June 19th, 2016. June 19th, 2016. No, it's not ringing any bells. No? I'll probably know when you say it. He's an actor. How about that? Does that help you? Uh, Was it that guy from uh, Glee? No. Uh, Then I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about. I never never watched Glee. I never watched it either, but the one guy died from He died of a heroin overdose. Uh, I believe, I'll try to give you another hint. He, uh, I believe he was crushed by his own car. Oh, that was Anton Yelchin. Yep, that's exactly who it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the most recent person, but it's uh, yeah. The a lot of the Twenty Seven Club is kind of it always focuses on musicians, and there was actually a study done. Trying to see what year this is from. Um, it doesn't have a year, but it actually took the age of all musicians that died or popular musicians that died from the years 1950 to 2010. And the actual average age, not, well, I guess the, it's the, the high, the age of the highest frequency of deaths for musicians was actually the age of 56. Really? Yeah. So I found that hmm. kind of interesting. There's actually, so a majority of these deaths I'm looking at from this chart are like late forties, to late 60s so that like 20 year gap is the most common age Hmm. yeah this is only 1.3 percent of musicians died at the age of 27 so it's really more of just an urban myth yeah yeah because it's i think it's just the the notoriety of those of those musicians you know right and i guess if you think about it a lot of those like Take Pigpen, for instance. The guy started drinking when he was 12 years old. So by the time, right. so when you do you heavily drink like he did for a couple of decades or a decade and a half, by the time, because that's what he died of, he, from alcoholism. But uh, it's, he had cirrhosis of the liver before he turned 30. So okay, you, you live a lifestyle like that, or you take, uh, uh, Jim Jimmy uh, Jim Morrison, who w- was basically on drugs for nonstop a decade, of course you're going to die of a heart attack, you know, at, at that age. So I think it's just the kind of the hard living that those musicians have. But then you look at a guy like Keith Richards, who I think is he's like a fucking cockroach. The guy's going to outlive everyone. <laughs> yeah, there's a meme going around with us all this virus stuff, and it's Keith Richards and uh, Betty White in a spacesuit. This is They've gone off to repopulate another planet. It's about or the something truth. to that effect. Because Betty White, I feel like Betty White, how old is she? She's got to be 95. Is she 96? Yeah, I know she's up there. She's but, way up there, yeah. But she's still getting around like, you know, like she's in her 80s. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was, well, she was pretty active when she was in her 80s. Yeah. When she was in her 80s, she was getting around like she was in her 70s. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 think it's, I think it's just the notoriety of those kind of actors. Not actors, but musicians. Like I said, especially... Betty White when, is officially 98. She just turned 98 holy, in January. Holy shit. By the way, I didn't realize that uh, it's almost the anniversary of Kurt Cobain's death. It'll be what? Yeah, uh, April 5th, right? Eight, no, April 8th. Oh, eighth. Okay. It'll be what, uh, 26 years? 26 years, yeah. Craziness. Yeah, I still remember that day. I remember, actually, I still yeah. remember, I still remember when I found out that he had died, like where I was standing at. Uh, me too, actually. It was in a bookstore in, um, I guess that's Allen Park. It was called the Book Nook. It's this little mom and pop bookstore. Yeah. I mean, tiny little thing. And I was in there and they had a TV on. This is like, you know, like I said, mom and pop story, a TV on with the news. And it came across on the TV while I was looking at a magazine. And I heard Kurt Cobain, so I look up, and it was running on there that he had died. I'm like, whoa. So. Yeah, I was uh, I was out with my dad. We were over at one of his friend's houses in our neighborhood. And 
I was standing inside their front door when my brother came in. I was like, hey, I don't know if you heard, but Kurt Cobain killed himself. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. But I guess looking back on it, it's, it, there were a lot of, obviously he had overdosed recently before that multiple times. and Yeah, it didn't seem out of the question. No, when it happened, no. it was like, everyone just took it as, you know, that's what it was. But, you know, when you look at it with the perspective of time and everything else that was going on around it, there's definitely room for question. Yeah. It could still be that he killed himself. There's no, we'll never really truly know. What no, did. absolutely not. But, uh, I think I do vaguely remember, when did that documentary come out that you were talking about? Oh, shit. There was, that wasn't that long ago. Maybe, well, shit, I guess maybe it was. It was maybe eight years that, ago. Because I think I remember seven, seeing parts of it. Because it yeah, sounds, it was on, I watched it on Netflix. Did you? It might even still be on Netflix. What was it called? I don't remember. I mean, I can pop open that on my phone and see if it's still on there. But, um, yeah, I want to say it was probably in 12, 2013 when it came out. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm not logged into my Netflix, but. Right. Well, that's why I'm looking it up on my phone real quick. Uh, It might not be on here anymore. There's definitely a lot of like, interesting. There's probably a lot of um, conspiracies around his death for sure. Oh, I'm sure. And like I said, dude, there's only we can really only say that there's enough circumstantial evidence for them to look into it, but not necessarily um, enough to say that it's definitive. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, because it's. Um, from the outside, it well, it all makes sense that he would kill himself. Right, exactly. Uh, it didn't come up in the search because I don't remember what it's called, so I just typed in Kurt Cobain. Yeah, but it didn't come up on, so it might not be on Netflix anymore. Or well, let me see if I can Google it. I don't. Soaked in Bleach is the one that I watched. I think that's the one. Oh, yeah. when did, what year did that come out? Yeah, two thousand fifteen. Yeah, Soaked in Bleach was the one I watched. Okay. Yeah. Let me see. And I, I can look now on Netflix and see if it's actually on there. Uh, it doesn't no. appear to be. It's not on there anymore. Yeah, it's not. But there is a, uh, one documentary came up. It's called 27 Gone Too Soon. Really? Yeah. It's, and it says it explores the circumstances surrounding the tragic deaths at 27 of Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Brian Jones, James Joplin, Kurt Cobain, and Amy Winehouse. Huh. So it's uh, an hour and ten minutes, and it's on Netflix. I mean, that might be a one to watch after, as you know, if you've listened to this, yeah. and you want to kind of look into see it where we're coming from. You know, at least as far as the topic goes. Yeah, um, check that out. It looks like Soaked in Bleach is actually available on YouTube. Oh, okay. It, it was. I enjoyed watching. I kept and. Like I said, it kids, and it's as close to first person perspective as you can get because, it's, like I said, this private investigator was basically in in their lives for the last say four or five days of him, what was his life. He didn't actually interact with Kurt Cobain, yeah, but he was interacting with Courtney Love and other people around her. Um, so he got to see her behavior and some of the things she would say, and you know. Just some of it, the way he said it is just like this, this. Some of the stuff just doesn't add up. What she's telling me, she either knows too much about what's going on or not enough. And, you know, the circumstances of him being there after, before they found the body and Kurt Cobain was most likely already dead. Yeah. Because um, I think he even mentions that the guy who was with him, who was kind of touring him through the house, said that he shouldn't go upstairs because that's Kurt, that, that's off limits to everybody. So it's I, if memory serves, so it's like it kind of like keeping him away from there because he knew that he That's was up there. It's um, it, so they did go out in the garage then. Is that the garage? They didn't go upstairs. They didn't go upstairs. I got you. Okay. Right. The interesting thing: it's actually got a only a thirty percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. 
Well, I don't know. I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes. Well, neither do I either, but I don't know. I wonder why. Like, that's a really low score for a documentary. Right. Well, there's a couple other documentaries about that that situation, too. Because when I, I just Googled uh, Kurt Cobain documentaries, and, and quite a few popped up. The, yeah, uh, Montage of Heck. That was the most recent one, I think, that came out. Yeah. I didn't see that one, but I don't know what that's about either. There's one called About a Son. I think I do remember seeing... According to Vice, it's the only good Cobain documentary. What's that? According to Vice, it's the only... About a Son is the only good Kurt Cobain documentary. Really? Yeah, <laughs> it's I, a, yeah Vice, whatever, Martin. It's an online thing. Consequently, Dave, Dave Grohl terrified to watch Kurt Cobain documentary montage of heck. Huh. Yeah, but there's, there's definitely a bunch of them out there. Yeah. The uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those like it's it's like anything else uh, as far as conspiracy theories go. I'm fascinated by them, but I'm not one to jump on any bandwagon and say, "Oh, that's exactly what happened." Yeah. You know? There's a there's a lot of questions around Jimi Hendrix's death too. You know that uh, it wasn't it was heroin overdose. Yeah, well, it wasn't an accidental heroin. It wasn't an accidental overdose. That it was actually his girlfriend at the time injected him to kill him. I heard something about his father and I think the um, yeah, I heard something about his father doing it. Oh, maybe, maybe it was, I, I thought it was his girlfriend. Maybe it was, I just remember it was somebody that, that killed him. Yeah. Which I'm not sure, which is sad or if someone kills you or, or if you kill yourself. Uh, I, I think in, in that situation, I think it's probably worse to kill yourself. I mean, especially like, I mean, both Jimi Hendrix and Kurt Cobain were, you know, at the pinnacle of their careers at that point. Well, true. I I would say that they were they weren't there yet. I'd say they had the, the most potential beyond. Well, I mean, it, it, well, yeah, I'm sure. You know, they, of course, if they were to live. Or if they had had they both lived, I'm sure they would have both gone on to do some really incredible things for, throughout their the rest of their career. I mean, but look at Jimi Hendrix was a it was a year after Woodstock, you know, it's uh what a year and a month later that he dies. It's just uh-huh. and after I mean, his, his performance at Woodstock is one of the you know truly uh, iconic performances of that festival with the Star Spangled Banner and everything else and. Purple Haze, and of course the, you know the the fact that people said he was you know tripping on acid the entire time he was up there playing, and I don't know. It's uh, yeah. Well, I think he would would have been one of the few artists that came out of Woodstock with still a career because a lot of them really did. No, I mean, they, in a sense, I mean they never you know Dylan had a big. Oops, I'm sorry, I have my mic. Um, Dylan had a big enough career. Before, yeah, and the Who did as well. Yeah, but think about like as far as longevity goes. Well, you some of those look- other artists, you know, uh, uh, Guthrie and all that. I mean, what did they really do after that? No, well, because you got to look at the time period. You know, it was it was 1969. It was the end of that kind of era. You know, the that kind of music two years later was gone. So yeah, I mean, of course you're not going to have any kind of longevity. I mean, you look at a band like CCR. I mean, they they had a, a at least a decent career after that. They went on to what well, they broke up in what seventy four. I want to oh, say yeah, yeah. I mean, there like I said, there's exceptions, but there's just as many that take the the band the Nice. Um, Ian Anderson has an anecdote where he you know very recently ran into uh, the bass player for the band the Nice. They were doing some should like festival show and they're yeah. you know, both on the same doing the same show, but not at the same time. And, um, Ian Anderson runs into him and they're talking and he sees that the, the, his, the bass player has a set list taped to the back of his bass. And he's like, Oh, let me see what songs you're playing. And he, he's looking and he goes, Oh wow. You got some good tracks there. He goes, that's that, that list has been taped to this bass since, since Woodstock. Are you serious? It's the same, the same set list. They, Cause they never really, they couldn't out, out per outlive that yeah. that era, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it it 
I, I think Woodstock hurt just as many careers as it, as it helped. He would have been the exception. He was the exception. I don't think it would have hurt. It was just, it was kind of the end. Woodstock marked the end of that style of music. You know? Perhaps. But if you, perhaps. Looked at, if you look at the list, I mean, Santana had a, a, a career. Granted, it was a solo, the best was a solo career probably, but uh, The Who, right. CCR, uh, Sly and the Family Stone, they, you had a pretty decent career after that. Um, obviously, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, both dead. Uh, right. Canned Heat, they're popular for a little while afterwards. Yeah. Um, Give or take. Joe Cocker, he maintained a pretty solid career. That's true, yeah. He and his main team. Maybe early 90s. Yeah. So, I mean, outside of that, yeah, you probably, a lot of these people you never, a lot of these people were probably never really heard of before Woodstock. Well, that's true, too. The Nice were very, were quite popular, at least, they were starting to get popular here. I mean, that's why they got invited to Woodstock in the first place, but they were huge. But when you, like, run down the list, like, just like the first day of Woodstock, yeah, it started with Richie Havens, which who he he did a, a fantastic performance. Oh and, yeah, his his performance. I mean, that's yeah, it, that, it, that's it, what it shows, shut off. He was uh, right. He, he it wasn't rehearsed, and they just kept telling him to keep going, and he was just improvising. Yeah, and he was because they were just like, we don't we don't have anyone to follow you. Just keep going. So, yeah. And yeah, he just kept improvising and improvising. Yeah, that that performance is fantastic. But then after Richie Havens, he had Swami. Satchudin Danda, I think I don't know how you fucking say it, but it was who the hell is that? Then you had Sweetwater after them. Bert Which Summer. I don't know who Sweetwater is. What's that? I don't know Sweetwater. You don't know who that that is? They're a just a regular sixties band. Yeah, I'm not familiar with them. Bert, I, mean, I probably like, recognize had, the song they from the Woodstock song. Yeah. But. Then you had Bert Summer, Tim Harden, mm-hmm. then Ravi Shankar. Melanie, right. Arlo Guthrie, Joan Baez, and that was the first day. So yeah, half the people on there, like I said, probably didn't have much of a career prior to Woodstock. And I'm sure the other two days are probably pretty similar. Right. Well, Joan Baez was, she was at least well-known still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, like I said earlier, though, that, that folk rock was kind of, that was, Woodstock was kind of the end of that. Like I said, a lot of the, once, once 72 hit, it was that the music and that the period, or not really the period, but the fans of that period of the folk rock period had moved on to more heavier rock music at that time. True. And and well, at least the mainstream. Sure. Yes. Yeah, because you were always I mean, mid mid seventies. You were still having a lot of people that were listening to you know that kind of folk rock music. It just it wasn't it wasn't the popular style at that time. Right. Well, I mean, again. it was really just the really the the truly talented artists that managed to kind of stick with it. The the Paul Simons and the Cat Stevens. And, yeah. You know all that 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 still managed to, or even but even um, James, what's his name? I don't like James Taylor. <laughs> James Taylor. Yeah. But you, even if you think about it, even the 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 kind of folk rock music that did exist through the end of the seventies. Was really nothing. It wasn't. It wasn't like the fo- the the folk rock music of the '60s. It had, it had progressed to a different point. You're right. Yeah, to almost more singer songwriter type yes, stuff. Yes. What would be considered folk? Yes. No, oh, that's had, true. It had more of a, like a poppy kind of feel to it than a lot yeah. of the stuff in the '60s. Because a lot of the stuff in the '60s, those artists weren't recording that music to become rich and famous off of. There were or a lot of that music was just being recorded as anti-Vietnam War music, right? Protest music, protest, 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 music. protest yeah. Rock, you got a guy like country country Joe McDonald out there. You know, he wasn't looking right. to get rich and famous off anything. It was just he was just an anti-war kind of guy. And he now, granted, he recorded some pretty damn good music in the late '60s, but you never heard of him after that. Yeah, and I would argue about the good. I, I know I never really liked stuff, but. Then again, I probably listened to you know a very small percentage of anything yeah. they put out. What was what was the festival that went on about the same time? There was like another major festival, and that's why 
Because isn't that why Jethro Tull wasn't at Woodstock? No, they were they were just doing their normal tour in New York. There was another big there was another big festival going on roughly that same time. The, the Isle of Wight was in nineteen seventy. It was a year later, and that was the British version of Woodstock. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Because I know like yeah. there were some artists. Hendrix, Hendrix played that too. Yeah, there were some. There was something else going on roughly around that same time because that's why some artists decided not to go to Woodstock, or maybe it was just the logistics of it. You know, being in the middle of nowhere in New York and right. trying to get there. Well, yeah, I mean, Jethro Tull had commitments in New York, and not they were in California. They yeah. were in California when Woodstock was going on, they had commitments in, in California. They couldn't just they were they were asked to they were asked to be there. They were asked to drop those commitments. You know, they were already made. So yeah, and they were. I think they, at the time they were still on tour. So that I mean that their commitment mainly was to Zeppelin more than even like venues and stuff. That would have been an interesting. Were, that would have been an interesting show to see. Yeah, the tall open for Zeppelin throughout '69. Yeah, that would that's how cool. they got. That's how they got to the states. Yeah. Yeah, that that probably would have been a really good good show to see. Tall and tall and then Zeppelin headlining. Because yeah, I mean, would have been awesome. Yeah, and, and especially since I, I feel like. Led Zeppelin was one of those bands that really kind of ended the folk rock music of the 60s in the early 70s. Mm, I think it was a combination because you could even argue Alice Cooper had a lot to do with that too because they they went out to, well, they started in California they yeah. on Zappa's label and there wasn't a show they played in California where they get booed off the stage. Yeah, But then they come to Toronto and they play and they're the biggest thing. Yeah. No, there's yeah, there's definitely a a handful of those kind of artists that really kind of changed. Yeah, yeah, and Zeppelin definitely was at the high end. You know, Zeppelin, Sabbath, Alice, Tull to some degree. Um, a lot of the progressive rock bands, the Genesis and Pink yes, Floyd, Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Those, I mean, those bands because they were doing stuff that was way beyond the folk, you know, the folky protest stuff. And you do, know. do you do you intentionally leave Pink Floyd out of the argument? Oh no no! I just <laughs> forgot. About them. I didn't intentionally no because they would be an argument for, this, for the same thing. Yeah. Because they were because they were kind of part of that psychedelic stage in the '60s that was kind of separate from the hippie. I mean, it's part of, but kind of separate as well. Yeah. More the 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 artsy side of things, which I think is a, where a lot of like the Yes and Emerson Lake and Palmer's and all that came from too. Mm-hmm. More than the art school kids, the ones who didn't necessarily they cared about po- politics but it wasn't their their passion you know yeah. maybe i'm wrong but that's kind of what i get out of but anyway yeah just uh the the 27 club thing was something that's always kind of i always found it kind of interesting you know that uh yeah. you've got the a handful of really talented musicians that lives all were, were all ended at the exact same age so Right. Yeah, no, like I said, it's one of those like weird Pharisee type theory situations. Yeah, because you know, of course we love that kind of stuff here on the show. We do. We are. <laughs> we, we we are we're conspiracy theory uh enthusiasts here. That's that's a we don't very... believe any of them, but we enjoy talking <laughs> That's a that's a good way to put it, I guess. What enthusiasts? Enthusiasts. <laughs> conspiracy yeah. enthusiasts. Yeah, I like it. I like it, but uh, I don't know. I mean, that's about all I had. I mean, it's uh, it was nothing. We had we had to go on for too long about. It. I just wanted to. No, and I maybe check out that doc. I'm I'm gonna twenty seven. What's that? You you kind of you kind of cut out there, man. Oh, the the documentary on Netflix. I'm gonna check. Yeah. Anyone else listening might you know might want to consider doing so. You know, just to kind of maybe pad the information provided. Yeah. Yeah, because Kurt, yeah, Kurt Cobain was a he was always a really interesting one because it was like uh, what day what he died ninety four so I just turned fifteen yeah so it's uh well it was in April of ninety four oh yeah so, so we, I was fourteen so I hadn't turned fifteen yet still. and uh, you know Nirvana was a really big like, musically was a big influence in my life at that period. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause they, they changed everything for us. And they, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, as, as young kids, as listeners of, of 
you know, rock music and stuff like that. That Nirvana and to some degree, kind of, they came out together. That was that was game changing shit. Yeah, of course for all for all of us. It was uh, no more of that unskinny bop from uh, Poison. <laughs> huh? Lithium? Huh? Okay. Yeah. Poly. Well, and Bleach <laughs> even before that, but oh yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, Bleach. Bleach is an underrated album. It was the first Nirvana one I bought on vinyl. Yeah, and there's actually a really interesting story. There's a if you listen to the podcast, The Vinyl Guide, he uh, uh-huh. uh, the the host had. A little while back, had a guy that was involved in the making of the album Bleach, and I think it was like the first. He wasn't a. I don't. I, I'm not 100 percent sure on the story, but I don't remember if he was if he had signed Nirvana to his own little label or just helped in the manufacturing of the album. But his company had the had had the contract with Nirvana, and when Nirvana left his company and moved to, I think it was Geffen. Is that who they were signed with? Uh, D D DCG or something like that, which I think was a it's offshoot Geffen. of Geffen. Yeah, it's Geffen. Uh, when it's he David signed, Geffen companies yes, or something. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when they signed, it wasn't with, Geffen records. Yeah. But anyway, when they, when they signed with, with, with Geffen, Nirvana gave this guy the rights to bleach, let his company hold on to the rights of it. So, Nirvana goes off, makes the, the album Nevermind, and the whole thing just fucking blows up. And the guy was talking about how he was paying like a subcontractor or somebody he had like contracted out to do some something for his company. And he was talking about how the he, had the, he went to go pay the guy and had a $200 check bounce. He had like zero money. The guy was flat broke. And he said within a week's time, he went from being flat broke, having checks bounce, to having Geffen put like one point two million dollars into his bank account because of the rights from from Nirvana and from Bleach. That's funny. Yeah. If you go back and listen to the, if you if you listen to the vinyl guide, he yeah, like I said, it was just within the last couple episodes I listened to it. It was a really interesting story. Yeah, it's a podcast. I think I only listened like so far, but it's definitely a show I'd like to get yeah. into. Well, that's all I have, man. You got anything else to yeah. add? No, no, just uh, continue to apologize in case, I don't know what this is going to sound like. But, you know, <laughs> I'm sure it'll sound fine. It's going to be a work in progress no matter what. You know, even if we have to do this for, for the foreseeable future, yeah. we're going to work on improving it, making it easier, yeah, yeah, yeah. better. I, I um, always I always strive to have some kind of, I, I, the big thing that bothers me is is having bad audio. So right. I, I will right. try well, to, that's yeah, I will try to make this process better and make it sound better over the next couple of weeks at least. But right. You know, we're, yeah, like I said, it's, it's a work in progress and we'll both be working, you know, on our own and then together to try yeah. and just make this functioning because it's something that in the future we can, even when we can get together, we can use it to have other people on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cause there's definitely some people yeah. I'd like to have on the show that, don't have the ability to drive all the way to my house to come down to the exactly into the, so into the cave. it's just going to make things easier to, for us to expand yeah so i mean really this was this may have been a blessing it's definitely going to be a working it's not going to be a blessing for, in disguise for the tens of thousands of people that are going to die but uh no no i, I yeah no yeah. but you know what i mean uh just looking at the bright side of things as much yeah of course of course you know cuz life, uh, life still has to go on yeah Life in general, right? Yeah, still has to go on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, any questions or comments, you can email us at contact at lifeandjoelpodcast.com. Check us out on Twitter at LIGpod. We're on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, uh, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Spotify, just about everywhere else. Like herpes on a hooker. Like herpes on or a hooker or everywhere. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, until next time. Talk to y'all later. Peace. This shit right here, man, I bought about it. Only real niggas reside around me. Yo, lady, drop a card around me. Dip like I know you can, bitch. Show me the rust like we in the ring. Got you some cobras, you wanna hang? Shoulder to shoulder, the niggas basic. You know I won't lie. 
Know that I ain't for that fuck shit You niggas alright But I'm way better and she love it Know that y'all sick as fuck Here go this tissue, bro We taking the dub Hoping you get you some This hit like a pick-me-up She taking my drugs Know they see the sign That's from down the side Know they sick as fuck Know they sick as fuck Tell them get well soon Tell them get well soon Know you sick as fuck Who die for that party? Who die for some bitches who showing their bodies? Yeah, 